Welcome to Radical Rocks. Today we've got a very exciting episode for you, jam-packed full of stories and education on identifying rocks, raw ore ornaments, gold mining claims you can mine on, hidden treasures, and much, much more. There was a real diamond found that is huge. Um, Also, we have another area of new diamond discoveries. We've got a chicken egg that's over a thousand years old. We're going to take a look at the rock Orpiment, giant rhino, all sorts of things, guys, all kinds of topics. All right. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank you all for going to RadicalRocks.com and subscribing and joining our social media. I want to thank you for that. Uh, Thank you for looking at our YouTube videos, which we're way behind on, so bear with me. We'll get something going pretty soon. And with that, folks, we're going to get right into it because we have a ton of of information. A chicken, an ancient chicken, laid an egg that lasted 1,000 years without being broke. Uh, This is brought to us by Judy Cole on the 14th. You go to goodnewsnetworking.org and you can find out all about this incredible egg that managed to be intact uh, for all of this time. Um, It said... Preserving them in poo can keep them in mint condition for a thousand years. So somehow this chicken egg got encapsulated in poop, in fecal, in crap, and able to maintain it cocooned for 10 centuries. Uh, It was discovered by the Israeli Antiquity Authority and uh, in a cave area or uh, excavation area in the city of Yavan. So there you go. Thousand year old chicken egg intact. All right. Rock collecting. Um, on northeastnews.net, there is uh, some information there. There's a picture of a book called The First Series of Stones. And uh, there's a, looks like about 15 different rocks, little samples that you can look at from talc to copper to quartz to rose quartz, uranium ore, calcite, lapidite, and others. And the article is written by Dori Parton, and uh, she is talking about canyons and valleys and glaciers and the world's largest rock display that is on display at America's National Parks. And you can buy these books here at any one of these areas. First Book of Stones, published in 1950 by Franklin Watts. Um, This book was uh, basic information to show children about rocks and where they came from. These things uh, identify rocks and can be used to help you understand. Also, with the 15 basic samples that are included with this, um, the ores and everything else, the hardness, the colors, it's very useful to help people find some of these rocks. Now, they do warn you, you know, you cannot uh, take rocks and minerals from 
the uh, Americans parks and such. So be sure and follow the rules when you're in those areas where no collecting is allowed. At TV News, uh, it can be found at etvnews.com. They are telling us about rocks, minerals, and more glimmer at the annual show. They have a photo gallery here that's published on the 13th where they have some beautiful amethyst um, sections of crystals and a whole gallery of the stones that they had there at this uh, rock and mineral show. Castle County Fossil and Mineral Show hosted at the Carbon County Fairgrounds Event Center was the 14th year of their event. Uh, there was fossils, rocks, gems, beads, all sorts of things that people could go and check out. I always wish they'd put the state on here. It looks like it's Utah. Utah. All right, next. Have you ever heard of a ruby called Pigeon Blood Ruby? Well, at digitaljournal.com, you can find out about Pigeon Blood Ruby of the finest quality from Mozambique at Star Lanka, fashioned by expert lapidaries into exquisite gemstones. This was written on the 16th. And um, they go in to talk about this beautiful red ruby. Uh, very, very red. Beautiful, high quality. Um, and you can look at that if you want to find out more about it. But this is... Um, about 85% of the market uh, that goes to retail is this pigeon blood ruby uh, that you will see of the very, very reddest rubies. Now, a massive diamond was found in Botswana. It could be the third largest ever in the world. This high-quality gemstone weighed some 1,098.3 carats, it was unearthed earlier this month in the Genoeg mine. You can read about this at WTSP.com and uh, under the news there. And they're going to show you a beautiful picture of this stone. Uh, came out of the Associated Press by Katie Giesel. And they are telling you this monster, it's going to the Debers group. Uh, we're all kind of aware of the Debers. They uh, control a huge major portion of the diamond industry and that uh, ability to keep the price of diamonds up quite high. Uh, imagine this being the third largest ever and being just natural and raw uh, will fetch a big price. If this baby goes on the auction block, it is quite spectacular. It's very, very uh, white and looks of a very high quality just at glancing. Now we like to take off our hats and Give tribute to those lapidary folks that have gone before us as they go on to their next part of their journey at Legacy.com. Robert Andrew Leibel um, passed away on June the 8th, and uh, he uh, was a geologist. Uh, he was also one who loved lapidary. Um, he opened a fine art jewelry in 1999 in downtown Champion. Um, I'm not sure what state this is exactly, but maybe I will see. I think it's, it might be uh, Arizona. Well, it's hard to say. Um, but anyway, he is one that loved lapidary and um, this type of stuff. So best wishes to him and his family as he goes on his uh, journey to the streets of gold. 
Now, what about an underground cave? Let's say you come across this cave and you look inside, you're pretty excited. And what's inside it? It's filled with litter, graffiti, and vandalism. That's what's happened in North Wales Live at the dailypost.co.uk. You can read about the discovery of the Cavern of Lost Souls. Uh, it was an internet sensation, but some claim it's being spoilt now by litter and vandalism. Uh, looks like uh, Gwendoned uh, and Andrew Forgrave put out this article on the 20th of June. They've got pictures here. It's very deep. The cars look like they're quite far away. Um, this beautiful cave has now been uh, flooded partially, is flooded partially, and has a cascade of dumped cars in here. Very sad. Very sad. Um, we definitely, as rock uh, enthusiasts, lapidary mineral enthusiasts, want to make sure we Keep the areas clean. Always grab at least one or two pieces of trash more than you brought in there, folks. We need to we need to have a good reputation when we have access to our public lands and uh, wherever they are in the world. Four interesting facts you must know about Spinosaurus. Um, you can find that at natureworldnews.com. And it's by Patrick Jones. Came out on the 21st. They've got a picture of the spectacular... Uh, creature in a museum here. Uh, looks like something on Jurassic Park there. This creature runs on two legs, kind of like a T-Rex. His mouth is more uh, elongated, I would say, like a uh, uh, more like a crocodile, a little bit less than a T-Rex, but it has this huge sail on its back. And uh, that's the number one prominent thing about this large sail. Very prominent. Uh, had long spines that held this sail up, believed to be about seven uh, feet, just the sail alone, and uh, it was very long, possibly to uh, help stability uh, or maybe mating interactions like a peacock's tail. Uh, they, they're guessing, you know, of course, why it had this. Um, I think uh, also could help it to r regulate its temperature, which is something they state here. Um, that could help it... Uh, either uh, disperse heat or collect heat, either way, depending on how they use it. Now, these uh, spinosauruses are, are quite large. They may have been a swimmer. Um, they feel that uh, other swimming dinosaurs, uh, it has something like it. Its tail is maybe used as a paddle, um, is one hypothesis. And uh, they found them uh, in water areas and oases, which uh, might have been mango swamps because of the other fossils that were found with them. So that's a possibility. Also, uh, the first remains were destroyed in 1912. Um, they made a discovery of a spondosaurus, and uh, it was unknown at that time, but the enormous jaw uh, looked like a crocodile. It was five foot uh, tall, just just this skull suggesting uh, they had a five foot tall spine which was the sail or the hump rather and um, they called it the Egyptian spine lizard or Spinosaurus as it's known today and um, they decided uh, this one man who in who found it he uh, his name was Strummer and he was living in uh, Germany I believe uh, Bavaria actually he was a Bavarian paleontologist and he spoke out against the um, Nazis apparently 
and uh, they decided to destroy some of his findings. Uh, they bombed it in the air raid in uh, 1944 in that area. Spondosaurus was bigger than a T-Rex overall. Uh, Spondosaurus was bigger than a T-Rex. Uh, you know, discoveries lead to that. It weighed about nine and a half, uh, or about 10 tons, um, which is a little bit more heavier than a T-Rex, about a ton more. And um, the conclusion is... Uh, is here about the Spondosaurus, Spinosaurus. You can read all about that if you want to read it in more detail, but those are the highlights of what the characteristics are that make it so interesting of a creature. Just, wow, what a creature. Mushroom growing out of fossilized ant reveals new genus of species of a fungal parasite. Can you believe that? A mushroom attacks you. Um, that's bad news. Oregon State University on their site, Oregon State, EDU, they have an article here where they found this creature trapped in amber. Uh, it's a carpenter ant. The mushroom is actually growing out of the ant and, uh, it is, uh, parasitic and, um, would have, uh, uh been a very intriguing parasite, and uh, looks like it would be very hard for the ant to live like that. These carpenter ants are susceptible to fungal pathogens, so uh, this does make sense. But this is the first time they've seen this, so this is a new discovery, um, frozen in time. Um, the story's by Stephen Lundenberg, and the source is George Pontier Jr. If you want to find out more about that. Now, at thehill.com, there's a giant rhino discovered. Uh, this was in China. I think we might have talked about it. Um, it was many, many times bigger than elephants. You can read about this on thehill.com. It says a team of uh, paleontologists have discovered this prehistoric rhino. They believe it may have been the largest mammal to ever lived on land. Remember, most of the dinosaurs are thought to be either related to birds or reptiles um, or some variation of that. This giant rhino estimated to weigh 24 tons, the size of six elephants with a 26-foot-long body and head uh, 23 feet above the ground. Wow, what a rhino. What do you get when you cross a rhino with an elephant? When you cross an elephant with a rhino, uh, elephino, Ba -bum. All right, I am not a comedian. Rainbow Gym setting the hopeful new watch and high jewelry trend. How Chanel, Dior, and Rolex brought acid bright colors to their 2020 collections uh, by Francis Furin at scmp.com. This came out on the 22nd. If you want some eye candy jewelry, just like you like all kinds of colors. Um, this is the trend now, I guess, for the wealthy and those of notoriety and fame. Um, it is, uh, been, uh, something that Cleopatra, uh, Elizabeth Taylor, uh, different ones have been so good at being able to bring flashy 
gems and jewelry into the limelight. But these gems that you see that are being sold by these different companies are just a palette of colors. Really spectacular. They've got a, uh, a Bolivar watch here with rubies, diamonds, uh, all sorts of colors. Yellows, golds, blues, pinks, purples, um, diamonds, and so on. They've got another watch with just different colors that uh, go through from all the colors of the rainbow to wrap around this watch very elegantly from yellow, reds, purples, blues, greens, and yellows and oranges. Beautiful the way it's constructed. All sorts of other watches here um, with different color variations of the rainbow. One I noted has a face. There's a cuff uh, like a cuff bracelet. There's a watch by Dior that has beautiful um, malachite face where the hands rotate on this beautiful malachite. And then there's, uh, looks like uh, lapis lazula, uh, maybe even a jasper and tiger's eyes and maybe rose quartz or, or some other gemstone. All sorts of beautiful gemstones and diamonds mixed together. Really some eye candy if you want to check that out, scmp.com. Uh, it's style is the website, style, under the title Rainbow Gym Setting. It should pop up for you, and you can check that out. Now, our friends at Mountain at Fire Mountain Gyms have a dozen ways to end a necklace. If you're into making jewelry, you got to... I don't have any sponsors, so this is just me sharing information with you. Um, firemountaingym.com you can look this up I get their emails they send them to me all the time um, how to end a necklace you know there's all sorts of different ways to end your necklace and they've got uh, ways that you don't end it at all you just can uh, use an endless necklace it slips over um, the head it has no beginning no end just uh, a continuous piece you can use knots they have a knot tutorial here uh, lariat they have ways to show you how to use a lariat. They have bead tips with, uh, with uh, that will tip the scales. We're using a pearl necklace or a thread or bead tips are going to be the answer. They conceal knots, make a strong attachment for clasp. They have a tutorial on that that you can watch with the video. Uh, not a knot, but a crimper. You can crimp different types of anchors on there. You can screw, use a screw tie. Um, they show you how to do that. Instruction videos for all of these, by the way. One in a bullion. Um, this is a thread uh, with a drape and flow for knotted pearl necklace. Soft thread, the wear and tear of harder compounds such as clasps. It's a French wire to the rescue. French wire tutorial walks you through the steps of finishing a necklace in true European fashion. Uh, AccuGuard is another type of closure that you can use AccuFlex by adding AccuGuards to your designs. Uh, I don't know anything about these. You can check them out. They've got a tutorial for that. All-in-one cord um, where you can glue these on to the end of uh, certain materials. You've got cones that you can use. Those can be also glued. They have tutorials. Uh, Ring-a-ding-a-ling, they say, which is just jump rings and different things like this. Split rings, there's video on that. Uh, and also a ribbon with ends that can be attached. They have videos for that. And just a slew more of information for doing beading 
wire protectors, bead tips, just goes on and on. Um, really great resource. A dozen ways to end a necklace at firemountain.com. Check that out. Now, here's something you may have never thought about. Raw or centerpieces. If you go to atlasobscura.com, the raw ore centerpieces that turned grueling labor into cutesy uh, dioramas. And what it is, uh, it's by Eve Cahan. It was written on the 22nd. And what you got here is big chunks of ore, which are just kind of grayish and grainy and glob globular uh, in this situation. And they've made... They put them on fancy pedestals and made little trees and ornaments and little buildings like it's a little city or a little castle on a hill. Um, quite interesting, different way to look at minerals and mineral specimens. I would imagine these are quite expensive. Um, also, um, this is a way to preserve some of the ores. Some of the ores have greens and blues in them as well, so that can make for some interesting landscape designs that are incorporated with horses. Uh, here's a religious one with uh, the cross depicted there. Um, one is a mill. So all kinds of great ideas that you can do. It looks like a lot of these um, miniature ornaments that are decorating it are made of silver. I imagine you could use pewter or other things as well. It is part of an art collection in the United States. Um, and you can read more about these fancy or centerpieces at atlasobscura.com. NASA is dealing with an annoying problem on the moon. Um, I know I give you a lot of Mars news. There hasn't been a lot of Mars news that I have bumped into, but one of the issues in dealing with the moon is something that can be found on Mars looking for rocks and things is the dust. It's a huge issue. It can clog up the cameras and the machinery, cause them not to work. Um, the dust is a big deal uh, when trying to prospect and uh, look at these planets. Uh, so what they do, what they're doing now is they're experimenting with ways to kind of solidify this and um, by using lasers and different techniques to improve it so that they don't have to deal with the dust and the damage that the dust is doing. You can read all about this uh, if you want. There's several articles on the moon here at inverse.com. Uh, you can look at this and see. Uh, NASA is planning on building a lunar solar ba or lunar base on the moon, and they need to find solutions because there will be a lot of traffic here, and they don't want uh, to leave big footprints, and they don't want all of this dust. So what they're developing is one of the things is including an ion beamed deposit coating or laser pattern surfaces to help hold this substructure together and keep the dust down. All right, you can read about that more if you want. Another nice book that came out, uh, you can look at it at uh, Rabi. ArabNews.com, A-R-A-B-News.com, Rocks and Rock Formations, A Key to Identification. And uh, they claim that this book here by Jury Mary Meyer will help you identify rocks, um, even tricky rocks, 
that uh, you can allow, uh, you will be able to understand by careful observation, magnifying glass, pocket knife, and a bit of patience. I have done some um, videos and also some podcasts on how to identify rocks and minerals and given um, some good references for that. Well, now you have another one. It will help you bring together more than five. It has more than 530 diagrams and photographs to illustrate essential characteristics to identify rocks, to identify their mineral uh, constitutions, structures, textures, fossils, weathering patterns, and more, which is important for determination. The book is handy uh, and thorough identification key that takes into account all possible variations and structural differences, including sections and guides um, to rock systematics. So it looks like this could be a really good one for your collection. Rocks and Rocks Formations, a key to identification by Jurg Meyer. It's J-U-R-G, last name Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R. So check that out if you want a book to help you identify rocks. It might be worth your... How about a treasure? Now this is interesting because this treasure was put there intentionally. It's filled with precious hand-carved jadeite jewelry and a collection, a lifetime collection of gemstones from somebody who had a really good gemstone collection. It's iannews.com, e-i-n-news.com. Find Houston's booty. The next great treasure hunt. Um, the news is provided by Houston. We have a problem. And um, you can read here that this geologist, Houston, he has a, um, a YouTube channel and stuff. And this is probably some great advertising. But he has hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gems waiting to be found contained in a wooden chest wrapped in a blue teal blanket. Um, this is literally his entire life savings. He is a geologist and uh, aristocrat who has collected many things in uh, uh, Brainbridge Island, uh, Washington. And he has hidden this somewhere on the West Coast. He says, I love treasure hunting and was inspired by Finn's treasure to create my own. This spring, I suddenly found myself with a platform on YouTube where I could finally make it happen. Uh, this collection contains 7,000 carats of semi-precious jewels uh, and stones and jewelry. The most valuable thing inside is a hand-carved Burmese jadeette bangle at auction. could be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Included is thousands of carats of rubies, sapphires, opals, diamonds, tourmaline, ultra-rare stones like Bixbite and Serendibite, a 100-inch black pearl necklace, custom amethyst necklace from jeweler designer Amy Margaret, and countless other gemstones. Woo! Wow, that would be exciting. He says he loves exploring the Old West. Um, this has been his favorite hobby. And the hunt begins the 23rd of June, which is today, Pacific Time. Uh, you want to go to the YouTube channel. I'm going to give you that address. It's HTTPS uh, semicolon backslash backslash uh, U. It says Y-O-U-T-U dot B-E, which is kind of weird. Backslash capital N, capital S, capital I, P-M-V-A, 6X. Those are all capitals. Small G and 4 uh, if you want to check it out, he also has a Patreon account, Way, uh, Houston Wade, 
where you can check him out there as well. You can email him and everything else, einnews.com. Um, just look up, look up, find Houston's booty, the next great treasure hunt, and you can get more information. All the links are there and everything else. Now, to end today, I've got one awesome mineral of the week from Rock and Jim, and then I've got some gold mining. So let's get into this. Um, don't forget to go to RadicalRocks.com. We need your support. We count on you to subscribe, leave comments, and share so we can build our membership. We're getting very close um, in building membership on different formats so that we can get monetized and share and give some of the money back. As you know, we want to keep rock hounding alive. Um, we do volunteer work over the years, and uh, we want to do a good job on our show and do better, and it would be nice once we get a little bit more support. Surprisingly, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads and support from over 50 countries around the world, but uh, we still are not getting monetized. So we really appreciate your help in doing that. Mineral of the Week, Orpiment, O-R-P-I-M-E-N-T, Rock and Gym Magazine, uh, Wednesday the 23rd by Tony Ron, R-A-H-N. There's a picture of it here, Annette, Ron, and it is a dark green, looks almost like an olivine with yellow also. Um, the crystals do kind of uh, sphere out in different directions. They're a little, the yellow ones are a little bit longer. This mineral, orpiment, provides a great lesson in the importance of knowing mineral composition as it relates to storage and display. Um, it's at uh, located uh, and can be bid on if you want to go here and look this up. Rock, the letter N, dot gym, dot com. Look up Mineral of the Week, Orpiment, O-R-P-I-M-E-N-T, and you can get the link there to see the auction. It is an arsenic mineral with a Mohs hardness of about uh, two or less. It's photosensitive, so you have to be careful in the sun. Light will make it fade out. Um, so you want to store it in the dark and just take it out and look at it. It is fragile and kind of crumbly. It's arsenic, so uh, you probably don't want to touch it with your bare hands unless you'd like to die. Um, that would be a bad idea. You certainly want to put a warning on the box because you don't want kids to touch it and die. It has a brittle, jimmy, butterscotch color as well as bright yellow, orange, red, yellow. And then the crystal formation, common, commonly prismatic, chisel-shaped, appears triangular in shape, and the mineral is formed as a hot springs deposit, according to information published at Britannia.com. Uh, in the Middle East, uh, artists are known to use orpiment as a form of paint in the ancient days, and um, there are areas that you can find it in Peru, uh, Humboldt County, Nevada, and other areas like Tool, uh, Colorado, and also some uh, in Utah, according to this. You can check that out and read more about this interesting specimen, which uh, needs to be handled very, very carefully. All right, for conclusion, we're going to talk about gold mining. I subscribe and get emails from the, LDM, the LDMA. That's the Lost Dutchman's mining association um, i get them sometimes through the gold prospect actually this came from the gold prospectors association of america you can subscribe to their email and they will um, 
try to get you to join, but they will send you regular emails. This one, you can go to an LDMA event, all right? You get to pick one. Step one, pick your LDMA event. Athens, MI. I'm guessing that is... uh, I don't know. Is that Minnesota or Michigan? Um, July 2nd through the 3rd. You can dredge, experience gold-bearing material waiting for you, bring your own prospecting equipment, keep all the gold you find, plenty of rocks and fossils throughout the tailing uh, piles, and Saturday night there will be fireworks. Also in Oconee, South Carolina, July 2nd or 4th, there's fire and gold, mine for gold in the common piles, pan, sluice, uh, breakfast at camp each morning, July 4th cookout, barbecued chicken, brats, potato on the cob, ice cream, marwell, shaved ice games, fireworks, and more. Vane Mountain, North Carolina, kids gold dig, a pan, a scoop given to each child, lessons on high banker, clean up panning lessons, keep all the gold recovered. Again, barbecue cookout. Um, bring a few side dishes to share homemade ice cream sundaes for the kids. These all, you have to make reservations for all these and find out all the details by clicking on these links. Blue, Blue Bucket, Oregon, Gold Dig and Fishing, August 21st through the 24th. Bring your own machine, run dirt, um, or our pay pile, barbecue, root beer floats, bring your own fishing gear, catch some fish, Sunday night bonfire games, barbecue, root beer floats, suggested donation, $15 per person. Um, Duesenberg, California. I've been to this one several times. September 17th through the 19th. Dig gold. Bring your metal detectors. There's two events. A three-day push dig and two uh, second event metal detector hunt. Saturday night fundraising spaghetti dinner. Fundraising prizes. Um, $25 off the hunt entry. Uh, Not needed to push dig. So you can push or dig, I guess. Uh, Scott River, California, Coin Shoot. This is in California also. Barbecue, campfire, metal detecting, Saturday morning off to LDMA. Finley Camp, 60 miles west, North Fork of the Russian Creek, North Fork of the Salmon River for a full day of metal detecting. All kinds of exciting stuff there, guys. You can go free. Um, Once you sign up for one of those locations, you will receive, it says here, some free gifts. Um, stackable classifier screens. Step three, get out and get some gold. Um, They have discounts on equipment. They have a phone number that you can call, all kinds of stuff. So check that out if you're into gold mining or if you just like to check it out and you're in those areas. That could be a lot of fun, guys. Thank you for stopping by. Be sure and go to RadicalRocks.com. Remember, rock hounds don't die, they petrify.